Hello and welcome once again to Rasslin' Memories Then and Now on Pioneer 90.1 FM. And yes, you can check us out online at radionorthland.org where we stream our audio right now. Or if you happen to miss an episode of Rasslin' Memories Then and Now, you didn't make it in on the approximate time that we air this you can go to the website. We have a Rasslin' Memories page. We have all of the archived episodes from the last uh, six. Now we're about, almost done with our seventh season here, uh, ready to go for you to check out uh, via SoundCloud. You can download them. Uh, you can just do whatever, you know, enjoy, have fun. That's at RadioNorthland.org. And another way to listen to us live is with the TuneIn app. So, yeah, there's a few places we can get in. We're kind of a low-key sort of uh, a radio nostalgic uh, podcast wrestling uh, show. You know, we're, we're a radio show that became a podcast, we, we, we could refer to it as. Well, I'm Glenn Broggett. I'm sitting here flying solo once again. Uh, the grizzled vet, Mike McCurdy, he's been given uh, a couple of uh, weeks off, not only to be uh, doing some work for me on assignment, but... Uh, I'm going to have him, uh, you know, for the holidays. I'm feeling generous, you know. Can't have the overwork the guy down there in the mobile studio in Texas. So I'm here, and I kind of got the chance to pick out who I wanted to chat with today. And uh, I, I've been looking forward to, to talking with this guy for quite some time. I remember him, watching him uh, on Winnipeg Television doing a shot for uh, Tony Condello and the WFWA in the uh, early 90s, oh, late 80s, early 90s. But it was early 90s. I'm just trying to remember off, off memory. And I remember hearing of his uh, work down in the cities, uh, Twin Cities uh, area here in the great state of Minnesota, uh, working with Eddie Sharkey uh, with Pro Wrestling America. There was other companies as well this man has been affiliated with. And then he took a few years off. He said, I'm going to put the wrestling thing on pause. I got a life to live. I got things I got to get done and accomplished. And it was uh, about five years ago that he resurfaced at a steel domain wrestling event that was held in Hopkins, Minnesota. And it was, uh, uh, I guess, a welcoming return, at least to all of the fans that remembered and loved the Golden Idol. I don't think Mick Karsh was too excited to see the man at the, at the, at the show, but he has been back. He has been making some waves ever since. And uh, he is here to, to promote a big event. Yes, he is going to be a part of it. He, if he's going to bring the Temple of Terror with, who knows, man? He could and more. So he is here to talk about a big event on the 30th of November down in Bloomington at the Event Center. Still plenty of time uh, to check this uh, event out here at the end of the month of November. Uh, it's going to be a big, big show. And this man will definitely be a big, big part of it. We're going to talk about Steel Domain. We're going to talk about all oh, the early days. We're going to just talk, talk, talk professional wrestling in the Midwest with my guest, the one and only Golden Idol. Wow. What, a, what, a, what an introduction. I mean, what a, what a memory. Winnipeg, Canada, and Tony Candelo and all that fun stuff. That's those are some great memories right there. So I was going to say, yep, November 30th coming up in Bloomington. So some old memories and uh, some new memories to create, right? Absolutely. And uh, from well, let's, let's kind of talk about the uh, the show coming up here. And, of course, uh, we'll talk about it at the uh, the back end of the program as well before we wrap. But this, this is a great lineup of guys. I mean, the Midwest pro wrestling scene. 
uh, through various companies, including the, the one with you and Ed, uh, Hellier Steel Domain Wrestling. Uh, what a great uh, wealth of talent. And there's going to be a lot of it on display at this big event in Bloomington. And let's uh, let's talk about uh, the, the card. I mean, from top to bottom, this looks like a, a good event, including a, a major world title, uh, Steel Domain a title match. Uh, with our current champion, Brick McCarthy. Talk about this event. I mean, this is going to be some big stuff, and I know you're going to be uh, highly involved in, in the activities, good, bad, or ugly for some. <laughs> well, that's that's usually the way it works out. But, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a going to be a great card. Brick McCarthy, um, just a, a, a phenomenal talent with, with Steel Domain uh, and on the independent circuit. He uh, tag team champions with... Uh, Three under par for, gosh, I think they they held the titles for almost two years. Um, longest reigning tag team champions in in steel domain history. Uh, Brick McCarthy made a what, what I feel to be a, a great decision. He is he is now part of the the Temple of Terror. He is a uh, he is the the heavyweight champion. So nice nice thing for us. We we have all the gold. Tag team titles, uh, a, a newcomer, uh, Brendan Gore with, with Aaron Corbin, tag team champions, Brick with the, the heavyweight championship. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty exciting. I got a, got a good group of guys and very excited about it. He, uh, Brick is actually going up against a former member of the Temple, talking about Canada, out of Winnipeg, Canada, uh, A.J. LaRock. So, going to be a tough match. It's going to be a... Uh, a match that people are not gonna gonna want to miss. People that have witnessed AJ and Brick in the ring know that these two guys are both behemoths. They're both very very powerful guys. So it's going to be a, a an interesting match. You know, you speak about that Canadian connection. It's going to be a great match. Uh, I mean, I've I've seen AJ uh, in the rings uh, in a steel domain ring work, and I've seen him work in other indies and. Uh, this guy uh, is, is just uh, one of many that I've noticed uh, up in Winnip- up in Manitoba and Western Canada that these guys are that are really starting with Danny Duggan, of course, another uh, Steel Domain Wrestling alumni. Uh, there's been just a, a, a kind of an injection of, of Canadian talent that has been exchanged not only uh, in their provinces but also down here in the Midwest, especially in the in the Twin Cities area and state of Minnesota. Yeah, you, you know. You can't take anything away from these guys. You know, uh, Danny Duggan has has certainly built a uh, a great deal up there with with his Canadian Wrestling League. He's produced some phenomenal talent, and you know, quite honestly, um, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of of AJ right now by any means. But um, you got to give credit where credit is due. I think he probably hands down is the most talented wrestler that I have seen come out of Canada in many, many years uh, for, for a big guy, the way he can move in that ring. Uh, you know, I, I go back to, not that he's as big as, as Jerry Blackwell, but you know, if you go back in time and, and Jerry Blackwell used to get in that ring and for a man, his size, it was like watching a guy that was 165 pounds and that's what you have with AJ. I mean, he's just a phenomenal athlete and a, a hands down, again, probably one of the toughest guys I've ever seen come out of Canada. Mm-hmm. 
And we're going to go back to your, your, your temple of terror because we talked about the, your, the, the champ, the heavyweight champion of, of SDW, uh, Rick McCarthy. But let's talk about your tag team. You I mean, you got all the gold. Let's talk about your tag yeah. team champions. Uh, fill us, uh, fill our listeners in on uh, these talented gentlemen, Aaron Corbin and uh, Brandon Gore. Yeah, you know, Aaron has been with me since he since he came back to Steel Domain. I, I think uh, we're probably looking at three three four years ago, roughly. In there, he's been the the head of the temple. He he is the self proclaimed uh, peak of the temple of terror. He's just been a, a phenomenal asset to to what Steel Domain does and 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 the temple itself. Um, heavyweight champion for for quite some time. Um, just a, a real stable player with, uh, with what we do. Um, and then you got a young guy like Brendan Gore, you know, it made sense to me. Gore has, uh, uh, really proven himself. He comes out of uh, the Academy of pro wrestling, which is Ken Anderson. And, uh, you know, the, these young guys coming up today out of that particular camp, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, they've got probably one of the best trainers today. Um, the attitude is, is phenomenal. The, uh, you know, again, the training is, is, uh, you know, untouchable and great attitudes. Uh, Gore is, uh, you know, just put himself right in there and, and fit right into what we do. And Aaron and I are both thrilled that he's, he's working with us. Great young talent. Mm-hmm. And to the ladies uh, of uh, Steel Domain Wrestling, uh, the women's championship, uh, uh, a veteran, uh, Malaya Hasaka, has uh, has uh, proven uh, her medal here. Uh, she'll be in action as well uh, here uh, coming up on the 30th. Uh, she's uh, probably has a pretty big, uh, tall order in line for her in another one of her many defenses. Yeah, you know, Stacy Shadows, Malaya Hasaka, um, been in the ring many, many times together. Both um, phenomenal. Uh, Stacy Shadows is getting recognized. Every day, uh, part of Women of Honor, just really making a mark for a young lady in, in pro wrestling, uh, doing a, a, a bang-up job in Wisconsin and wherever she goes, Minnesota, Chicago, you name it, she's, she's really making a mark for herself. And, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky to have uh, somebody like Malaya. You know, she's, um, she's great with the women, um, probably one of the... I mean, what can you say about her? Uh, th- this woman should have been uh, way up there as, as far as I'm concerned and, and probably um, a lot of people. Uh, she's, I-, I can't even say enough good about her. She, she brings a great attitude. Um, she's great in the ring. She's a great representative to Steel Domain Wrestling and a, a phenomenal a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal wrestler. And she's going to be proving that she's not just some uh, nostalgia act. She's ready to tangle up with the uh, the up-and-comers and uh, still come out and, and, and show that she hasn't really lost a step in all of these years. Yeah, I mean, she, she gets in the ring and she, I mean, literally works just like she did 20 years ago or when she started in the business. I, I mean, the attitude is is phenomenal uh you know one of the things i love about malaya is that she's she's out there if if she doesn't like something if she doesn't like something that's happening whether it be on social media whether it be in the locker room whether it be in the ring she doesn't take any bull i mean she's she's all 100 percent. you know who you see is is 100 percent of what you get i mean she's she's really something so Mm -hmm. 
it's going to be yep. a fu- it's going to be a fun night Friday, November the thirtieth at the Bloomington Event Center. Oh, big, big, big card for Steel Domain Wrestling. Another guy who has uh, had some exposure in major companies and has worked uh, in the Midwest uh, in Steel Domain and other companies. Uh, we're talking about Jay Bradley. He is uh, one of the featured guys on the card. Uh, yeah, there's a guy that brings in a, a little bit of experience and still a relatively uh, young man in the business. Yeah, you know one of the one of the big things. And I'm glad you brought up Jay Bradley. One, you know, he's a, he's an SDW original. You go back to the days of, you know, CM Punk, who, who SDW original, um, uh, Adam Pierce, Cole Cabana, uh, um, uh, Ace Steel. I'm, I'm having a I'm having a moment there. But <laughs> you you look you look at these guys, and this is what this is what we do. This is why Ed Hellyer and myself have preserved steel domain wrestling you know when when i came back five years ago and i was working with that and i i made the decision to start um you know getting involved and helping ed helping mick and and trying to rebuild the promotion um and go from a three-time or four-time-a-year deal to a monthly show these were the reasons why i did it when when we bought prime time wrestling and ed and i became partners in, in this about a year ago, um, this is one of the reasons why I did it. Guys like Jay Bradley, guys like uh, Ace Steel, um, we've had him back quite a few times. It's it's the 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 nostalgia of of the business. It's the um, the the brand that Steel Domain has become, and Jay Bradley is just such a huge part of who we are today. So again, phenomenal. I mean, he's going up against Craven Knight. It's going to be a phenomenal match. I mean, two two guys, Jay Bradley, as big as he is, the way he can move in the ring. Again, going to be a, a, a real, real, real neat, you know, combination in there. Yeah, it's going to be an ultimate step up moment too for Craven Knight, who uh, for the past uh, five to six, almost seven years now, has been uh, working and, and developing and cutting his teeth here in the Midwest Indies. So, if ever there's a time to uh, take a star up position, uh, it definitely would be getting a victory over Jay Bradley for uh, a guy like Craven Knight, who does. He's in great shape. He's at a good good point where he could actually start uh, making some major waves. Absolutely. Now you know we. Interesting to see. Yeah, well, well, we're going to go back uh, a little bit here, man, because uh, you mentioned uh, Mick Karsh. Now, uh, before we go back to your time trip, we got to also give credit where credit is due uh, for for both Mick and Ed Hellyer, uh, for guys that are just you know that that have the passion and and, and the awareness to keep the you know Minnesota wrestling and have these cards and put these events on with you guys getting. Uh, really decent crowds here. You guys are building on something great. But uh, talk about the other two guys in in the, in the machine here with Ed and, and Mick Karsh and just how important uh, their contributions are as well to uh, putting together these shows. And really, uh, with that expansion of uh, with the merger with Primetime, uh, the acquisition have really uh, bolstered up uh, things. And 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 really, this is starting to be a little bit bigger than just you know your your small. Maybe uh, you're lucky we get a gig once a month thing. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you've got. Uh, yeah, let's touch on Mick for a minute. I mean, you, literally the voice of of Minnesota wrestling. Um, you know, there, there's absolutely nothing like what he had back in the day with uh, with uh, Saturday Night at Ringside. 
phenomenal show, drew so much attention to the independent scene back then with Pro Wrestling America, with Eddie Sharkey, literally put so many of us on, on the map and, and, you know, got us out there um, with a media that, that most independents back then didn't have. Um, you know, he, he's just such an, really just such a, a, an instrumental part of what Minnesota wrestling has been about for so many years. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy who started running around the ring and selling programs or taking pictures and, you know, becoming friends with guys like Wally Carbo and, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. I mean, you know, Mick and Nick Bockwinkle, it was almost like a, you know, a, a father and son relationship, uh, you know, he's, he's just, he's built such phenomenal relationships and, and did so much for the independent scene and, and for wrestling in general, uh, you know, all the years he's been doing it. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's just a, a pleasure to still be working with him. So as much as we, we go at each other, he, he really is a, a big part of who I became and who, you know, how many people he's helped along the way. So it's been a big deal for sure. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned Saturday night at ringside. Of course, that's going to take me back and get us into the time machine here because we want to, I want to get my listeners a little more familiar with you. Uh, it's kind of a profile piece as well to talk about uh, a little bit back, a little bit further back uh, your, your pro wrestling backstory and let's talk about a little bit how about your upbringing and how it eventually led to pro wrestling. Give us a little bit about the man who became the golden idol. Yeah, you know, it's it's really kind of a, a funny story. I um, never had any interest in wrestling. Um, you know, I was a, a chubby kid from Connecticut and uh, was just never never involved in the wrestling business at all. Never had an interest in it. Never watched it on TV as a big, big roller derby fan. Um, and I, you know, fast forward, move, you know, graduate, moved to Minnesota. Um, I'm working in the restaurant business at that time. Um, and I, by chance, had a, uh, where I was living, it's called Cedars of Edina. Um, and a lot of wrestlers at that time working for the AWA lived there. Um, and it was a, I can't remember, I think it was like a Saturday night, there was a knock at my door, and this woman comes to the door, her name was Beth, and she said, my TV went out, and my husband is a big soccer fan, and he wants to watch the soccer, he, he needs to watch the soccer game, um, can we watch your TV? I had no idea who these people were. And here this guy walks into my apartment, and it's Adnan L. Casey. No idea. Never saw him on TV. I had no idea who he is. And we're sitting there talking, and he tells me who he, who he is and where he's from, and he tells me he's a pro wrestler. From that point on, of course, I was kind of mesmerized by him, and uh, we, we built up this incredible friendship um, to the point where there were points, you know, that, that we actually were roommates uh, when he'd come back from Hawaii after he had moved back to Hawaii. But Adnan is the reason I got into the wrestling. We, we had a great time together. I used to go to the shows, introduce me to, to Eddie Sharkey, um, and he convinced me that it would be a fun thing to do. And you know, the rest is history from there. So it's, it was all his doing that corrupted me into the wrestling business.
<laughs> and I, speaking of uh, Adnan, I, I just had an interview that's going to be airing here soon. Uh, I had a talk with uh, another former Pro Wrestling America alumni by the name of uh, Randy Gust, uh, who went by the name Randy Gusto. He was the judge. And he was talking about a few stories about Adnan. And, uh, yeah, it, it kind of just brought us back to that, that point in time. So it was kind of cool that uh, you had just uh, that strong of an association with him. Because the way Randy, you know, his, you know, his uh, relationship with Adnan, too, was one that was very positive. Always had some things, good advice and, and other things. But he also called Adnan very cheap, though. Oh, yeah. Adnan, you know, it was, it was funny. Um, I, I was living... At this point, I believe it was in Eden Prairie. Adnan um, had left the AWA for a short time and moved to to Hawaii. Um, He decided to come back from Hawaii. He called me up and he said to me, uh, you know, Mark, I need you to uh, fly to California and get a hotel room. And I'm having my car shipped from Hawaii. He had this beautiful blue Cadillac DeVille with, a, with the Landau top on it, gorgeous car. He said, I'm having the car shipped back, and you'll meet me in California, and we'll drive back from California together. And I said, well, Adnan, you know, the, you want me to do this, the airline ticket. He says, you know, just, 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 just pay for the ticket. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. And he did. You know, he, the, the one thing Adnan was was absolutely a, a man of his word. But it was so funny coming back, you know, here I took time out and I, and I flew and I thought, well, this will be great. You know, we're going to stop in uh, uh, Nevada and he'll, he'll, we're going to stay at a nice hotel and he'll pay for my meal. You know, he paid for the hotel. He didn't pay for the meals, but uh, he, he, he really was. And then he, st- he lived with me and I'd go to the grocery store and he'd give me a list and I'd wait for my money and, you know, sometimes that was slow coming or I'd have to trick him into buying the next time so we would at least be even. But, yes, he was very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> was he your, one of your primary traveling uh, buddies when you, when you went on, the, on some of these spot shows or who, who did you travel with when you did have a chance? Yeah, you know, um, I, I came up at a really interesting time and, and being involved with, with Eddie Sharkey, you know, people, people will say to me today, um, are you disappointed that you didn't go further? Or you didn't make it further. I, I took myself out of wrestling. Um, Adnan, Adnan did great things for me, him and Sergeant Slaughter. You know, they took me to New York and, uh, actually to Miami, Florida to a summer slam and, and put me with Vince McMahon and, you know, had a lot of different opportunities, but I, I, you know, I say that I came up at a really great time. I got to travel with Baron Von Raschke. I got to travel with Adnan and Ken Patera. Um, guys like that, uh, Adnan and, and Eddie Sharkey, uh, traveled a lot with them. So a lot of the old timers, you know, um, Tommy Ferrara uh, on the local scene, um, Jeff Warner, you know, folks like that. So there was, there was a really good mix of, Guys that were were coming out of the AWA, um, AWA was 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 slowing down at that point, getting ready to go out. So we had a lot of crossover. So there was a lot of a lot of really um, neat people that that we got to travel with. So it was a a, a real good mix. Chris Markoff, a lot of folks like that. 
And uh, I want to go back to uh, Eddie Sharkey. Oh, what was your first impression when you met Eddie in uh, those early days, and then getting to know Eddie uh, as the man he 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 is? I, you know, I have to tell you, and I say this, and I, I I probably I probably repeat this more than anything. I absolutely, positively adore the man. I think that Eddie Sharkey is. Um, is probably one of the one of the most interesting, one of the most colorful people. Um, every story that you've ever heard about Eddie Sharkey, there's they're they're all true. But one of the most influential people in my life, um, one of the one of the the dearest people in my life. Uh, to today, a, as close a friend as we ever were. When I left this business, I left for 20 whatever years and completely walked away from it. When I came back, he was the first person that I reached out to that I was coming back to Minnesota. And I see him every single time I'm back. We spend a ton of time together. The man is, again, in my eyes, the the man is just phenomenal. I, I I could never say enough good about Eddie Sharkey. Oh yeah, I mean, from the the people he helped launch into the business to uh, the pro wrestling America stuff, and and and, and, I, and I suppose getting to know him personally, uh, that'd be, I mean, he's just a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, person in in the great history of of pro wrestling in Minnesota. I want to talk about uh, you going up because I I talked earlier. Uh, at the beginning in your intro about how I first uh, saw you uh, doing your work as a manager was through uh, Winnipeg Television because I grew up rather close to Canada, so we picked up a lot of the Canadian uh, channels. Uh, and it was on uh, CKY, CTV Television. Uh, Tony Candelo, who had a wrestling time slot, he was a wrestling promoter for many years, uh, you know, he had a West Four Wrestling Association, and uh, for some years he would put syndicated wrestling on. But then there was other years where he would bring back the West Four WFWA label. And uh, for a while there, there were shows where where guys, uh, former AWA guys, uh, other people were coming up from uh, from Minneapolis, and you were on board with that. Uh, we had Chris Markoff, uh, Kenny Patera, The Baron, uh, Jim Jimmy Brunzel, and there was others that came through. Let's talk about uh, your first times uh, going up and, and working for, for Tony Candelo up in Canada, the, the, the trip up there and, and, and uh, just dealing with Tony and, and the events at uh, Club Taboo. Yeah, you know, Tony was, Tony was really the, the first promoter that, um, that let me, you know, hit the road uh, in that capacity. Uh, you know, we, we had done a lot of shows throughout Minnesota, um, but Tony was really the first promoter that uh, that gave me a shot at coming up to Canada um, and working for him. I I had uh, a great relationship with with Tony, and and again when I walked away, it had been many years that you know since I had talked to him, and um, when I came back, we we reconnected. Um, he was great to us, you know, brought brought us up. Um, fun road trips up to Canada club taboo in the middle of winter. And my first experience having to go up to Canada and plug your car in, uh, you know, with the tank heater. So it didn't freeze up. And it was just a, it was just a great venue to, uh, to have, uh, to have shows. I, you know, it, it, and interestingly enough, um, and one of my favorite stories from up there and thank God the guy was okay. Um, 
there there was a older gentleman that used to come to the shows and and I would go at it with him all the time. He'd sit front row, and it was always a a, a battle with him. And uh, one night I'm out there and I'm screaming at him, and you know we're going back and forth. And he grabs his chest, and that that was it. The, the ambulance was there, and they took him out of there. And everybody told me that I killed him and I gave him a heart attack. Luckily, I found out a couple of days later that he just had chest pain and he didn't have a heart attack and I didn't kill him. But I kept uh, for a couple of days. I'm like, oh, this is great. I killed my first wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was interesting. But but again, Tony, Tony was, uh, t- you know, it was a great venue up there. And uh, we I, I think there were several places, you know, we got to work with uh, Bob Brown and um, like you said, Chris Markoff, uh, you know, Derek Dukes, I would go up there with, um, uh, Ricky Rice, uh, Adnan. So, we, you know, we, we had some great trips up there, but great promoter to work for. I was just going to talk about some of the guys that, that were a part of that. And uh, Bulldog Brown, I, I was going to mention because Bulldog was, he spent a lot of time there towards the, the latter part of his uh, career. And he, he after uh, he he was in Stampede, I can remember. And then he came back to Winnipeg. And that was kind of where he was at before he retired. Uh, there's there's people who, there's sides that like Bob. And there's sides that that uh, don't really understand what this man was was going going at, and and didn't really uh, like him his company. But where did you fall? I mean, you said you had respect for him, but what do you remember of of Bob Brown uh, as far as uh, dealing with the boys and being around uh, Bob uh, during those tapings? You know, and and again, it's you know when I look back at at my whole experience with guys like that. Um, yeah, he was, he was a tough, he was a tough promoter. I, I remember, I remember a few incidents, you know, nothing, nothing major, but you know, he, he wanted his shows to come off the way that he wanted them to come off. He, he certainly, um, he certainly was, was vocal about the way things should be, but we never had it. You know, we just never had an issue with him. We just never, there, there was never any major run-ins, you know, uh, the boys got paid. We, we, we did what, what he wanted us to do. We, we delivered the product that he wanted. And that was, you know, that was obvious because he, he had, you know, he continually had us back. Tony continually had us back. So, yeah, I never, you know, never had, I've heard stories, um, but never, ever, ever had a bad moment with him or, or anything, um, anything negative. You know, none, none of the guys that, at that time that were going up there with me, you know, it was all good. All good experiences. Oh, very cool. And uh, it sounds like Tony, he's still sitting on the, the library of, of those tapes. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say. And I guess he still, he still runs a show once in a while. So, uh, yeah, he still, he still has everything. I would love to. I, I found some stuff on YouTube um, not too long ago with uh, Adnan and myself and myself and Chris Markoff. So, but I don't, I, I, it was, uh, I, I don't remember if it was his or if it was stuff that, uh, Bob Brown had, but yeah, I mean, every once in a while I find something out there floating around, but I'd love some of Tony's old stuff. You know, and, and that company did, you know, have uh, some guys on there, some younger guys mixed in with some of the, uh, you know, with your, your, your for every, uh, French mad dog, puppy dog, Pelican, you, you had guys that were coming up, like a Mike Lazansky or a Chris Jericho and Lance Storm yeah. and Don Callis in those days. And, you know, 
who would have thought? I mean, when I, that was when I started watching and I started seeing these guys starting to go national, doing other things. It, it just like blew me away because I remember seeing these guys on this weekly show that sometimes Tony would uh, replay the episodes on. So I was pretty much. I had the, these guys down to a T as far as knowing about uh, their moves and where they were going. You know, it, it was just amazing because he had he had a bit of a balance and had kind of a, a cool little thing going up there in the peg. Yeah, he he really did, and and you're right. You know, it's it, it's amazing because you you know, like you just said, you you'd watch these shows and you'd see these guys, and you know, look look where look where it took them all. I mean, it's it really is. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go back down uh, to, to uh, your work in Pro Wrestling America and uh, talk about the the rise of your, your managerial success. Now, who were some of the first guys that, that you had? Your crew of henchmen. There was a lot of guys that came in through the Golden Idols uh, uh, temple here. But let's talk about the, the, some of the guys that you did get in. I mean, we're talking some some legends here, you know, like you got your Sean Waltmans. Uh, and a guy that I want to talk here, here about, too, is lethal Larry Cameron, but talk about some of the guys that were in that crew and we can kind of break them down here. Uh, your memories of working with each of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, started, I mean, started the whole thing with, with Adnan, um, Ken Patera, uh, back in those days, uh, um, God, what did, what did we call Sean Waltman back in those days? Uh, six, whatever his name, lightning kid, uh, (laughs) lightning kid. That's what it was. Lightning kid. You know, got to work with him, managed Jerry Lynn, um, Larry Cam- Cameron, the Punishers. Um, uh, oh, my God. You know, it, it's, it's so hard to think of the list. I, I mean, it, anybody, anybody that was major coming through in those days, I had something to do with. I mean, if, if they were, you know, even if they were coming in off of AWA, I mean, I think there was, uh, in, in, uh, uh, where were we? Hinkley, Minnesota. Um, uh, Larry Zabisco once, uh, I, I mean, just, there were so many guys that, that I got to work with, but yeah. And so many legends, um, you know, in the ring with Baron Von Raschke. Yeah. I, I managed T.J. Khan and I, I'll tell you, um, it was, uh, when was it? Three years ago, three, yeah, three years ago, I went to my first cauliflower alley. I've been every every year since then, or maybe four years ago. But the 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 big moment for me going to that show, um, there there were two things that were that, that were really something. The first one was we walked into the hotel, and I had like five or six people walk up to me and say, "Golden Idol, Golden Idol," and my my wife was just like amazed because uh, this is my second marriage and. You know, she's seen stuff, and since I've been doing it again, she's been to some of the shows. But here we are in Vegas, and people that I had no idea who they were were coming up to me. So she really got a kick out of that. But the the big thing for me was to see Ken Patera, and and just to be able to sit down and and talk to him. And when I walked up to him, I looked at him and I said, "Do you remember me?" And he goes, "Yeah, about 400 pounds ago." And it was just, you know, it was just such a surreal moment because, again, he was just such a major player in in who I became and what I did. So pretty neat. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I, I briefly touched on lethal Larry Cameron. I mean, Larry Larry left us way, way too early in the ring in Germany. I mean, there was a lot of upside for this guy. I, I first saw him at a 
at a Pro Wrestling America live show in Three River Falls in 1987. And I thought the guy was, he, he had that look. He was so big. He was huge. He was destined for for something. And his run, yeah. uh, watching him on Stampede, I mean, he was starting to, to get good on the mic. And he was starting to get in some to more high-profile matches he, he, in the Stampede territory with, with Davey Boy Smith and the like. But, yeah, we'll talk about a guy, unfortunately, uh, whose career in life was cut short. Yeah. You know, Larry, I remember the first time I met him, um, we, we had a guy, and I don't know if you remember him or not, Ray Webby was um, was real instrumental with um, Eddie Sharkey back in those days with Pro Wrestling America. And um, um, Ray used to run quite a few shows. Um, he had a, a local TV show on public access, Sports Spectator, um, did a lot of our, our commentary with Mick and just a, just a lot of work with, um, with, with Pro Wrestling America. But we were doing a show, I believe it was at Loring Park, and it was uh, maybe the first wrestle for shelter. And Ray had come up to me and he says, look, I got a guy um, that I, I want to you know, start putting you with, um, and his name is, is Larry Cameron. And I said, Ray, we, you know, how many guys can I have? I, I said, you guys, you know, I go out three, four times. It's ridiculous. He says, no, he says, you gotta, you gotta be with this guy. I think it's a good match. And sure enough, you know, we started working together and, and, uh, you know, Larry was, Larry was unbelievable. I mean, he was, like you said, he was really honing in on, on who he was, uh, on the microphone, in the ring, phenomenal athlete and just a, an amazing human being to be around. Um, I, I, again, I, I was out of the business, but I remember it might've been Wade Keller's, uh, sheet that he does, but I remember reading that he had passed away and that was, that was really a a really dark day for me because he had, he had been again, such a, a part of who I became, but just the person itself, you know, he was, he was just a really, really good good guy to be around so and 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 again phenomenal athlete i i think he would have made a lot of money and and made it to wherever he wanted to go in this business Mm -hmm. we're talking with the golden idol on this edition of wrestling memories then and now i want to talk about uh, what made you decide to get out of the pro wrestling business uh what was the when did when was the decision made uh what led to it and what's some of the things that you kind of got yourself involved with uh, being away from the business to, until your return in 2013? You know, um, I went to uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Adnan at that time. We're doing the, you know, the whole gimmick with, uh, with Baghdad. Adnan was, was playing the characters, general Adnan. And um, they, invited me to come to SummerSlam. It was in Miami, Florida. And um, they had set up a meeting with Vince McMahon. Um, And I guess, I'm trying to remember, I I had flown down to Florida. My dad lived down there. So I flew down and met them at the airport. We went down to to SummerSlam. It was a great experience. Got to got to visit with with Vince. Adnan had given him a, a, a VHS tape uh, and and you know some information on me. And there was just at that point, 
there was such a transition going on that, you know, Bobby Heenan, uh, uh, Jimmy Hart, managers were really going away. You know, Bobby Heenan was, was doing, you know, color at that point. Uh, the, there were valets going out to the ring, but the, the typical general manager, you really at that point had Paul Bearer. And, you know, and, and that was really right before, that was right about at the same time that, that Paul Bearer came in. And Vince McMahon said, um, there's always room for a good character. What, what would your thoughts be? And um, I would need to know, I don't really remember how he put it, but pretty much he put it, he put it on me. What kind of character would you develop for who you are? Um, Adnan really kind of shied me away from it at that point and said, if you come in at your age now and let's say you get something, what happens a year from now? So you make some money and a year from now you're done or two years from now you're done. What, what really happens and, and what's your career path? So I put a, a, a lot of thought into it, and I just really came to the realization that the best the best thing for me to do was to, if you're going to go away from it, just get away from it. So I left and went to went to Florida. I had um, job offers with uh, uh, the Jarrett's, um, uh, Jerry Lynn, and uh, Tom Burton were. I forget who they were working with. Um, and then Kevin Sullivan was down in, I think, around Daytona. I had a couple opportunities to go to a couple places. When I left, I went to Windy City Wrestling uh, in Chicago for a little bit and did some shows and a couple other promoters in Chicago. And then just made the decision to keep driving, go to Florida. My dad lived down there, got involved in the furniture business, became a rep on the road, and, uh, you know, years later joined corporate America and, you know, uh, had, a, had a great job. And now I'm in Ohio and own my own construction business, and life goes on. So it's all, uh, all the decisions were, the, were, you know, in the end, all the decisions were the right decision. So I, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I did what I did, and I'm glad I got out when I did. Yes, as you as you built your life and you got to, you, you to be more successful outside of pro wrestling. Uh, when did, when was the the bug? I guess like when when did the bug start biting again to get you back in? What was that moment that you said, "Hey, man, I think I'm going to try wrestling"? Was it a baby steps thing, or what was it that just you know made you decide, "Hey, you know what? I'm at this point in life where I think I want to get back in. I think I'm going to just dive back into the business." You know. I never, it never leaves you. Um, it, it, it just never, ever goes away. And I had, there's a jacket that I have uh, that, that's a, like a, a, an old field jacket that we had, you know, had made up with the sequence and all that. And it hung in my closet for, for years and years and years. And I'd gotten rid of everything except for that jacket. I, I kept that jacket as a memory. Well, all these years had gone by, and I, I believe it was probably, I, I think it was Dale Gagne that had found me on Facebook and sent me a message 
Um, and then I, I started seeing other people on Facebook. I, I, I was friends with nobody in the wrestling business at all on Facebook. And I saw Mick on there and I sent him a message and we connected right back right away and just, you know, kind of took things from, from where we left off. And I was coming to Minnesota to see a friend of mine and I had been back many times, you know, over the years and they had that show in Hopkins and Mick and I were going back and forth. He's like, come to the show. And I'm like, I don't know if I should come to the show. Well, we, we went back and forth and, and we decided let's do it. Let's bring back the golden idol one match. That's it. Um, and then when I got there, let's call a match, uh, come out with, you know, come out with Mitch paradise and, Let's cut a promo in the beginning. So, of course, there you are. You know, now you're now you're doing it. Um, Ed and I really had never, it, it, to that point, uh, had never really been friends. We knew each other. Ed, the, the only time that I really knew or, or met Ed, I was in Chicago, Illinois, um, doing a show with Adnan and um uh buddy roberts and a bunch of guys were on the show and uh a guy by the name of alan epenstein was the promoter and that was the first time i met ed i think i probably met him a couple times after that but um ed and i hit it right off and found that we had this relationship that we could start working together and try to build something you know above what 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 he was doing and again that's you know that's literally it there's the the bug bites you and here we are again you know yeah and it's uh continued to, you you're continuing on with your your pro wrestling journey this uh second chance in the business uh uh you talked about steel domain wrestling uh, and there was uh, earlier on in the year you guys made some news uh with with the merger with our you know taking over rob with primetime wrestling what brought about the decision and uh you know there has been some good some good upside too because there's more also more venues that you guys are booking in because they had uh they've had such a presence through the years in bloomington so tell us a little bit about uh get, you know getting involved involved in, in, in kind of taking over operations uh, of this uh, this other company here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, you know, Greg McDonald, I, I don't know if you've, had, if you've ever had the chance to meet him. Um, Greg, Greg was probably one of the guys that I, and I, and Ed as well, had the most respect for. I, I think there's some great promoters out there um, in, uh, in and around Minneapolis, um, that do a great job. I mean, you got Eric Cannon and, you know, several others, uh, you know, in and around, you know, heavy on some, some guys that really put a lot of heart and soul into it. Greg McDonald was one of those guys. He, he put a lot behind what prime time was. He, he took the promotion. Um, I know he gives a lot of credit to, you know, the help he had with Lenny Lane. I, I give a hundred percent credit to Greg McDonald. I, I think he was, Again, the heart and soul behind what primetime was. When he told us he was getting out, you know, Ed and I sat there and said, this is, this is the craziest decision we can ever make. Do we offer Greg some money and do we, do we buy him out and do we preserve what he worked so hard on? Um, or do we just let him go away and we take his building? And it becomes steel domain. We knew we could get the building. Um, our our uh, guy that works the bell, 
Roger Buck, um, who's been around forever, was friends with the manager at, at the building that we wanted. So we didn't think that that was a problem. Um, we were going to acquire a wrestling ring, which we didn't want. We were going to dump that right off to our ring guy. But we, uh, we just really felt that Greg shouldn't walk away with nothing. And that he, he, again, he just, he put so much heart and soul into it that we felt it was the right decision to do, uh, win, lose or draw, you know, um, and, and we did it, you know, and it, it worked out perfect. I mean, Greg, Greg walked away with a little money from it. Um, the pride of what he built lives on and we're, we're thrilled to death that we could do that for him. We just, we had enough respect for him that we felt he, he deserved that. So that's what we did. And the continued gesture is showing with the, the, the big show coming up here uh, for Steel Domain Wrestling uh, before we uh, get going in part ways today. Uh, the big event is uh, what, November 30th. Uh, you're going to be a big, big part of the show. So I'm going to give you some more time to uh, you promote the show. You can promote your charges. You can do whatever you want. The floor is yours. Just uh, keep it clean, my friend, and let her yeah. go. Yeah, again, you know, get out to the show. It's going to be great. I'm Jay Bradley. Going to be at the show, uh, a huge, huge main event with Rick McCarthy, the champion, under my tutelage with the Temple of Terror against A.J. LaRock. Tag team match with the Temple of Terror. I don't even know who they're getting in the ring with, some jabronis. I don't know. Whoever it is, we'll just we'll take them out. But, again, November 30th, the Bloomington Event Center. Check us out on steeldomainwrestling.com or Facebook. Get some tickets. Get out there. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. and uh, What a way to wrap up the uh, month of November. Um, you have any, uh, any, any information regarding any future shows coming up here as we head towards the end of the year and into 2019? Yeah, the next, uh, the next show. We, so with, the, with uh, the Bloomington Event Center, we run the last Friday of every single month. So uh, we'll, we'll take off maybe uh, June, July, August, I, I believe, during the summer. But other than that, so the next show after this would be December 28th. So it's, it's literally every, the last Friday of every single month, Still Domain is live, and we take for YouTube, Fight TV, and Amazon Prime. All right. It's been really fun having you on the program. We need to get you back on, maybe get a couple of uh, uh, PWA guys or, to come on and you guys could uh, share kind of a roundtable sort of discussion uh, about your days working for Eddie Sharkey. Uh, it's always a pleasure and you're definitely welcome back to, to come back to the program anytime you want. Absolutely. I'm happy that you had me on and it's been a pleasure talking to you. We've, we've talked about it for a while, so uh, very, very, very happy to be on. Yeah, it's nice when we can finally uh, actually get this squared up and booked up. So, you know, again, you talked about it. We talked about, we, 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 we went back and forth with potential ideas and dates, but it's nice that we were able to finally sync up. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. Well, a big thank you to the Golden Idol. I'm Glenn Broggett. This has been Wrestling Memories Then and Now. <laughs>